Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Level Up podcast. My name is Aaron Petty. I'm a yoga teacher and a teacher trainer, but most importantly, forever a student. My name is Paige Taylor. I'm a yoga teacher, student of Ayurveda, advocate for sustainable living and lover of all beings. Now, our goal with this podcast is to dive into how we as humans can live more intentional, ethical and sustainable lives. And also how we can come into harmony with ourselves, others and the earth in the process. And on today's episode, speaking your truth. Ooh. Big one. Big, big topic. Mm. Um, let's just go straight into it, shall we? Cool. Um when many of us enter the yoga the path of yoga or the path of spirituality and we start to wake up to deeper truths or expand our awareness to to start to see more it can be really isolating and there's almost this grieving process that happens right at the very beginning of the journey for, for sure for a lot of people that i've spoken to and it's a grieving of the person that you were before mm. and even like an attachment to the person you were before yeah yeah and your your old ways of being old ways of doing old ways of thinking mm. old ways of relating and specific to this episode your old ways of communicating mm. um because really, communication is the, the, the baseline of our societal relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have to, well, we, we do communicate ourselves through various mediums, speech, music, art, whatever it is that, that you do to communicate or express yourself. Um, and it's not something that's really taught. No, no, it's not. <laughs> um, especially like interhuman, interpersonal relationships, yeah. that kind of communication. Like you never learn about that in school. It's mm. just like how you can't talk. Yeah. There's, there's always like rules about how you can't approach a conversation mm. or how you can't conduct yourself socially. But there's, there's like this unspoken law of, of communication. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're going to dive into that a little bit today. Um, but back on that first comment of, of the spiritual isolation. Mm. Um, I think many people come into yoga as, as... How do I put this? A lot of people come into yoga when they're at like a rock bottom. Yeah. And not everyone. But a lot of us come into yoga when we're looking for something more. Yeah. When our life isn't isn't truly truly fulfilling us. Do you did you have that feeling? No, mine was more like exercise. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, when I came into yoga, I was looking for something more. Mm-hmm. I I knew that that there was more out there. Um I didn't know it was yoga. Mm. And I I was also I was looking for exercise, but at that time in my life I knew that I was looking for more. I guess so. I guess I'd done, I dabbled in yoga a bit before, um, Mm. but in that one year, um, that year, first year I was out of school, I was kind of seeking and at first I fell into Reiki. Yeah. um, And from there I fell into yoga. So, and that's it. Like it could be any kind of spiritual endeavor. Yeah. Reiki, meditation. um, I don't know. What else is there? Qigong. 
Crystals. Crystals. <laughs> angel card readings. Yeah. Psychics. Tarot card readings. Or maybe you just have a spiritual experience by chance. Yeah. Some kind of awakening to, to something more. Um, but from a context of yoga, most people that are listening to this are yogis or mm-hmm. practice yoga in some way. And, and most people come into yoga looking for exercise. Yeah. And then they notice that there's some kind of shift that happens mm. and, and the spiritual of aspect of yoga um, starts to creep its way into their lives. And the, the further and further along that we get on this path and the more and more awake we become to the more subtle aspects of reality or to truths, mm. um, undeniable truths and, and wrongdoings that a lot of people just turn a blind eye yeah. to, it becomes really hard to continue to stay involved in very surface level, vapid conversations and relationships it's overwhelming incredibly overwhelming because you you go to your yoga class Mm. and you sit in on your meditation cushion and you experience such a depth and such a richness in your reality and everything feels alive and, and and it feels meaningful and purposeful and then you go back out into the world and there's a stark contrast and you're like at the pub drinking beers talking about the footy or something Mm. and that's not to say that the footy is is vapid Mm. but that's just my um example but you you kind of find yourself in these situations and it's like okay i'm not i'm not accessing the same depth that i'm looking for in these well it's even you know just how i still work in retail yeah i'm on my last legs in a retail gig and that's exactly how it feels it just is like I put on this mask and yeah. I am just this other person that is so extremely willing to participate in these uh, very surface level conversations yeah. um, and experiences for people because I guess that's where they're at. Um, but it is exhausting from is my exhausting. end um, to put that mask on and to pretend that I'm someone that I'm not um, in order to make a living. And we all got to make a living. Mm. So that that separation between two personalities, that creates isolation. Mm-hmm. And there's a feeling when, when, when not being truly ourselves, when we know ourselves at that deep, deep, subtle level, mm. there's a feeling that we're not, we're not actually expressing the truth of our being. Mm, for sure. Um, and yeah, as I said, it can, it can feel quite isolating. Mm. And so this really comes directly to the, the, um, name of this episode, like speaking your truth. That's the point where you have to start to speak your truth. Yeah. We hear this so often. How many times have you been to a yoga class and yoga teacher said, speak your truth. Mm, I think I said at the end of, well, you know, in different words. Allowing us to speak our truth. It's, um, should he? We should allowing us to always speak and hear the love and the truth in every moment. Yeah. And and speaking your truth can be scary. Oof, yeah. Especially if you are new to this path mm. and your entire life, like I'll give you an example. My friends that I would go and drink with, 
were friends that I had since I was three years old. Wow. Um, so these people, and I was about, I don't know, 21 when I started yoga. So they'd known me for a good part of 18 years. Yeah. And through those 18 years, I had presented myself in such a way that I, <laughs> there was a character that, that didn't have much depth to him and, and everything was kind of a joke. And I liked to uh, deflect any attention away from myself. Yeah. Any, any questions toward myself would just be deflected it with humor. And then all of a sudden, I, I began to experience a, a real depth and, and connectedness to myself. And, and the experiences that I was having, the situations I was creating for myself, didn't really allow for that kind of expression. Mm. And so when I began teaching yoga, it was very overwhelming. I remember crying the first class that I ever taught because mm. I it, that was like the moment that I was like okay well now I have to you have to speak I have to speak but not only that I have to express myself like I had to express from my heart mm, I think I had a similar experience um and I think that's what can be so powerful about teacher trainings is mm. like that it's even if you're not going to teach it's that process that takes you from who you were out in the world you go on this internal journey and at the end of it, there's an opportunity to share. Yeah. And that doesn't mean teaching a yoga class as a career, but that one yoga class, the theme that you put together for that first yoga class is always just like the culmination of your journey, your mm. transformation. And, and sharing that can be scary, really scary. Um, so, yeah, so I found that that was overwhelming and then very slowly, the more trainings I did, the more studios I went to, the more people I met that were that were having similar experiences, the more comfortable I felt to express myself in that way and, and to express how I was feeling. I think emotions were a big one for mm. me. Like expressing emotions was really, really difficult. And I think I still have a bit of a trouble with that bit of a block around that um but to be able to just say hey like i feel open i feel soft right now mm. i feel broken right now like however you want to express feeling i don't think i ever really had a container for that yeah and and also there wasn't an, an awareness of my feeling yeah like there wasn't general. feeling in general yeah so to be able to express that to someone, it wasn't the same. Mm. I'm sure the feelings were there. Maybe you just were not connected. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They're separate from you. Um, and then the, the other layer on top of that is like spirituality in society mm. has just been like shamed as organized religion only. Mm. Like, oh, <laughs> spirituality? You mean Christianity? Mm. Or, you know, whatever the misconceptions are, I think that there's this kind of social pressure to have no connection to the sacred, have no connection to your spiritual self. I mean, I think it's shifting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I definitely, yeah, feel that in my early years as well. Yeah. 
So I wanted to to just maybe some advice for someone mm. going through that kind of experience because I'm sure that there's so many of you out there. Um, I'll use an example of a student of mine who, who very, very regularly comes to our classes and, and is very dedicated in his practice. Um, but the first time he came to me, he said, you know, I, I just started having these incredibly spiritual experiences, like out-of-body experiences, out of nowhere. And um, I just don't know what to do with them. Like, I, I don't know how to talk about them. I've never experienced anyone, anything like this. I don't know anyone who's experienced anything like this. And he came to to the studio as like, a, you guys must know something <laughs> about this. Teach me how to meditate so I can process it. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, he... he found that community and I remember just sitting after class and talking with him for sometimes up to an hour and a half plus about just his experience and and it seemed like he didn't have anyone to talk to about that anyway after probably six months of this and he came into meditation regularly and and started becoming more established in this part of himself this subtle spiritual part of himself what he did was he wrote a letter to all of his friends and his family. And the letter said, Hi, everyone. I just need to let you know that since this day, I've been having spiritual out-of-body experiences. And they feel like this and they look like this. And I've also started meditating and I've started doing yoga and I've started you know, embracing this part of myself. And if any of you are having similar experiences, please feel free to reach out because I'd love to chat about it. Mm. And I just, like that act of like putting himself out there so vulnerably was so powerful to me. And you know what? Like he said, many of his friends wrote back to him and said like, oh, actually, like, that's funny you mentioned that because I've been meditating too or, mm. you know, I had this weird experience once where I felt this. Mm. And and just that act of putting himself out there so vulnerably. I, I remember it took him like a month to write it mm. and then another couple of weeks to actually send it. Um, but once he did put himself out there in that way, it came back to him tenfold and, and he was able to establish deeper relationships with the people that he didn't think he was able to relate to anymore. Mm. So I think sometimes it's getting out of our own way and knowing that every human is innately spiritual. Mm. And even though they may not understand your direct experience, everyone has this part of themselves. And, and if you experience some kind of truth, they will have also experienced it at some level. Or at least know what it would feel like. Mm. Everyone has dreams, you know. Everyone has experienced something in their mind that's not reality. Mm. Not what our senses tell us reality is. Yeah. Um, I think what I took from that the most was um, he took that action. Mm. 
And it's 100%. It's like you have to speak your truth. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think to, you know, my own experience and I was kind of living this double life and, you know, my uh, yoga community was up in Paran and I was Mm. living down in Safety Beach. Um, And it was really quite a separate world. Um, And I was trying to call in all this stuff um, like you and all this other, you know, experiences I guess I wanted you know I was trying to align my life to live from this space of yoga but it wasn't really happening because I wasn't taking any action yeah um and my little bit of advice for anybody that is struggling with this kind of this kind of experience or is finding it hard to align themselves or share from the deepest parts of themselves is find community like put yourself out there like you just said take the action and find community i remember when i came to the studio's first birthday with gabs yeah it was like that one thing like it's just that one like conversation where i said yes i'll come yeah just like propelled all that i ever wanted Paige, you pulled a, an angel card on that day. And what did it say? Like it you was, found your tribe. Yeah, it was like you found your tribe. And I was like, this is weird. I only know one person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and now I know all of them. Yeah, you know everyone that was in that room. And, mm. and you can relate to them in a, in a really deep and special way. Mm. Um, so yeah, community is important. And the thing is that like no matter where you live, there's a yoga studio or there's some kind of sangha. It's mm. called community. Mm. Um, and to to dive into an established community of people who are interested in the same experiences that you are and have had similar experiences to you have, like it's just so much easier to relate to those people. Mm -hmm. And you'll find that through relating to those people, opening yourself up in a new way or or, um, presenting yourself in a new way, it will make it easier for you to communicate those things to the to the people who maybe you feel don't understand. Yeah. Because you'll find new ways of saying it. You'll have things reflected back to you in new ways. And, mm. and, um, and yeah. But it can be scary. Yeah. Like going sure. into a new community, especially like all on your own, mm. can be so, so scary. But the thing is that everyone is so welcoming in spiritual yeah. communities and it does seem daunting, but there's, you know... A great example is you and I, and we're so excited every time a new person yeah. comes to the studio. We get so excited to see a little green star next to yeah. their name um, in hope that they do want to join us and they, they yeah. really want to participate and be active in our community. And I mean, for me, it's really funny because I traveled so so far looking for community. I was like, oh, it doesn't exist here Um I went up to Byron and I was like, oh, it doesn't exist here. <laughs> and, you know, I went over to Bali and I was like, oh, it doesn't exist here. Yeah. And I kept running away searching for community. And that really propelled me to create community where I live. Yeah. Um, I guess just my own journey forced me to create that community for myself. Yeah. Um, and, and it was the only reason that i started my own studio Mm. was so that i could find that community that they would be drawn to me Mm -hmm. and um and then that we could experience yoga and meditation together as as like a an extended family Mm. and exactly um, what it is 
Yeah, and then you've got that support system of people that have been in the same classes, that have been doing the same practices as you, mm. and they maybe are a little further along on the path and can you know guide you through mm. what you're going through. And just on this as well, I think you know the last eight months, nine months have really been um, challenging and. Um, I guess I thought that we would be quite isolated, mm. but the it's so beautiful to see the community that's grown out of isolation yeah. and our online community. Yeah, um, we have at least six um, girls that we didn't really practice too much with before um, that have just like propelled into this. Um, yeah. yeah, this beautiful community that we we speak to very often. And even through this podcast platform, like the amount yeah. of you guys who have reached out to us with just like messages of love and of like you're feeling like we're speaking your language mm. or something has resonated with you. Like there's there's so many different ways that putting yourself out there and just speaking from your experience truthfully, like it will draw people towards you and... and people will hear it and say yes <laughs> yes i feel that yeah. i feel that deep in my heart and and it really really feels right and just on that if you don't live close by to Barrick, um and you want to be a part of our community we do have like a little online group um yeah on facebook on facebook it's called level up yoga online cooler i think that's it yeah <laughs> Um, it's got a bit of a, a punchy name. <laughs> Otherwise, send us, send us a message and we'll send you the link. But it's we'll just, put it in the we'll put the yeah. link in the description, description of this episode as well. Cool. It's just a little group where we were um, recording a lot of our live yoga and meditation classes during lockdown, um, but also a beautiful platform for conversation um, and community. So if you want to join, let us know. It's free, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and you know, there's often conversations within that group. And if you have questions about yoga or whatever, you can post there and, and there's almost like 200 people in there now that are all willing to help and, and chat and mm. have fun. So very, very good. I think maybe just one more little tangent before we move on that conversation yeah. that we had the other day with a student, um, about, teacher trainings and community yeah um and how um community is one of the biggest factors to being able to share and to be able to speak our truth and we see all too often um these exotic um retreat style teacher trainings um overseas or interstate um that seem super appealing and i'm sure they are wonderful Mm. Um, but the way Aaron and I have felt into that is it's harder, uh, and it's harder to integrate, integrate and isolating when you come home. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had that experience going away, immersing yourself for weeks in sublime experiences, deep experiences with people that you feel like completely get you. And then you come home a completely new person and. They're not there. And they're not there. There's no community there. Mm. Um, 
that's why we run our teacher trainings in Berwick. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we would do them in Bali or somewhere. We would beautiful. love to do them in Bali. Trust um, us. Um, but that's it. We, we want to create that deep-seated community connection amongst our students and also our teacher trainers so that they always have somewhere to go. They always have someone to talk to um, mm. and they have somewhere to share. Yeah, for sure. And I think that us being in the community, speaking our truth within the community, uh, allows people to speak their own truth in the For community. Sure. Like through speaking your truth, mm. you empower others to speak theirs. Yes, it's so important. And others are, are drawn to you uh, from speaking your truth. And not only that, but people that maybe um, aren't that spiritually inclined yet or um haven't thought about yoga or meditating before these people reach out to you there's you can you become this bridge um where there's people can see what you're doing and mm. see how you're you know glowing um completely embodied and they're like why mm. um and people are drawn to you and ask you questions i have so many conversations with people who i'd never think would message me about this yeah. kind of stuff um to help educate them and help inspire them and help empower them to connect with those parts of themselves. Yeah. And even like connect them to other people, connect yeah. them to other people that are on the same stage that they could go and catch up with yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. we. It's so funny, the friendships and relationships that have bottled out from Level Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People living together, dating, all sorts of things happen. Yeah. Um, and it really just like you have to put yourself into those situations where you're going to meet the people that resonate at that level. Yeah. Speaking of resonating, mm. um, the practice, the practice that allows us to speak openly or openly express is Kirtan. Kirtan. Or man mantra practice. Um, and if you haven't done kirtan before and you live near us, you should definitely come and join us one day. Um, but a little bit more on my story around speaking my truth and opening myself up. Um, I, when I was about 16, asked my mum if she would buy me singing lessons because I, I wanted to be able to sing and play guitar at the same time. And I think at, at that time, um, I don't know. I wanted to be able to express myself through that medium, mm -hmm. uh, through music. It's kind of sexy. A 16 year old boy that could sing and play. Yeah. Guitar. Yeah. It was kind of like Matt Corby yeah. sort of vibe, Australian idol. Um, but now looking back on it, all I wanted to do was to express myself through music. Mm -hmm. And, and um, it was really funny. What happened was because I started singing lessons and, and I got better, but I hid it. Mm. And I would never sing in front of anyone. And if I did, it would fill me so deeply with anxiety. Mm. Um, and then one day I, my music teacher forced me to join the choir and um, I had to join the choir, so I went on at lunchtime. Every Wednesday, lunchtime, choir practice. And 
we got this new teacher for choir and he was like, okay, we're going to sing this song. And the song was um, MGMT uh, Kids. <laughs> and so no one knew the song, but I knew the song very, very well. I knew all the words already. And so he decided that he was going to give me the solo part. Mm. I had to sing the solo and then the rest of the choir was like the harmonies. And then it ended up sounding pretty good. And so he decided that we had to sing this at assembly. Mm. And so I remember going up to assembly and we all had to wear our like ties and blazers and stand in a circle. And I had to stand like in the middle of the circle. And then I remember all of my friends sitting in the front row. And as soon as I started singing, they all started laughing at Mm. me. And in that moment there was like a samskara that was created, karma that was created. And I just never sung out loud again. And Mm. it it really was debilitatingly, it made me so anxious to to play in front of everyone, Mm. anyone. Um, And then years and years later, and I didn't really realize how big of an effect that had on me. But from that moment, I really stopped expressing myself. And it, it took a toll on a lot of my relationships. And then one day I had the opportunity to go to Kirtan. And it was in a yoga setting. And I'd never really experienced like yoga and singing in the same sentence. Yeah. So I did this Kirtan and, and something inside me said, it's okay, like you can express yourself here. It's safe to express yourself here. And I remember just singing as loud as I could, so loud and not worrying about what it sounded like or it sounding good or anything, just expressing for the sake of expressing and and using that as a conversation between myself and my true self. Mm. And after that one kirtan, I knew that I had to go and share kirtan. Mm. And and for me to stand in front of, you know, some people, sometimes we get like 30 people at our kirtans. For me to sit in front of 30 people and, and sing, I could not have done it. Yeah. And there was something about that that specific practice that, really cracked me open and and when i started sharing kirtan and singing in front of people my ability to express myself it was like it was completely new Mm. i i could articulate my words better even like the the rhythm and the tone of my voice changed the way that i spoke to people changed um and it it was like there was there was this part of me that really wanted to be out in the world but was too scared mm. too scared so i kept it in yeah um yeah that practice really changed me and now i'm aaron that you know mm. that that talks so eloquently sometimes you do talk eloquently and then sometimes i just talk jibber jabber mm. for the sake of talking <laughs> and that's okay mm, for sure um, sometimes I just hum 
melodies for no reason. All the time. All the time. I just hum melodies. And I never did that. It was always in my head. Mm. Um, but it was so... <laughs> to hold that in mm. is just... You hold, you're carrying too much weight. Well, I just... I did, Like on this, I just think it's the most interesting thing. This concept of a bad singer or yeah. tone deaf. Yeah. And I actually had a conversation with one of my friends um, who's a musician months and months ago but it was this year um about whether people can learn to sing yeah um and he was kind of like mm, no i'm not sure like th- there's just some people that can't sing and i was like no i don't I don't think there is at all yeah. like i it's just it is that that sanskara it's a muscle yeah that happens when you're younger or something someone tells you to shut up or in my case i had similar experience but it was i'd auditioned for the primary school idol <laughs> like australian idol um and i was singing like an avril lavigne song yeah and i didn't get in well, whatever happened, I don't even remember what happened. But like after that, and you know, before that, me and my best friend used to sing, like do sing, play mm. sing star every single weekend. Yep. Um, and she was a great singer. She, I remember she had singing lessons as well. Um, and um, yeah, and then after that, I was just thought I was a bad singer. That's so just mm. this conception. Mum would always joke around saying I was tone deaf. But it was it was almost like I was singing bad on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, you make a joke of it. It's yeah. like a defense mechanism. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't, it wasn't until I really had kirtan. And I remember that first night of my teacher training, we did uh, a mantra, asatoma. And I remember just crying after on my way home, like calling mom, just being like crying. And like, I was just like so happy. I just yeah. like was crying for no reason. It was just that release that I needed yeah. um, to let go of whatever was holding me back. And slowly, slowly I've started to learn, you know, from you music notes and um, understanding music a little bit better. Um, and my voice has completely shifted and changed. I totally. used to speak with such like a monotone um dialogue um and now i often catch myself thinking well thinking that i speak a lot like one of our teachers izzy g yeah right i think that the way i talk is quite rhythmic like Mm. her and it's just more like it's my own voice but you know she has also inspired me to be able to share and like she has a very similar story i remember listening to something with her about like the same like an audition and then that creating this idea in her head that's like i can't sing Mm. there's always a story attached to these things it's just so interesting and it's just like something that we don't talk about like in non-spiritual times it's just like that thing happened but like and you know it stays in my mind but it wasn't until like after kirtan or you know after some lectures on it or something that i was like oh that is what's holding me back like Mm. that's the memory that i have from you know year six yeah and i don't have a lot of memories from year six but that's the one i do have that's the one that created the pattern yeah and And that like that goes into everything that you do i remember writing in my journal one day like the the truth of that samskara was i don't have a voice Mm. i remember writing that in my journal and then reading it back and being like oh my god that's that's my truth right now Mm. i don't have a voice and i remember it just like i would allow people to walk all over me i would allow um people to do things that didn't sit well with me Mm. i would say yes when i really didn't want to go somewhere Mm. 
I would um, do all of these things relating to setting a boundary with someone. Mm. And my belief was I don't have a voice. So if I set that boundary, some there'll be something bad that happens. Yeah. I'll get in trouble. Yeah. Or this person won't like me anymore. Mm. So you're kind of like muffling yourself. You're muffling your truth to fit in with society or fit in with, with your friendship group mm. or whoever it is, your relationship. And, you know, true relationships are family relationships, like unconditional love. No matter what you say, I'm not going to shun you. Yeah. Um that's the truth of our relationship but i i i really remember that like i don't have a voice that was Mm. my truth well you even remember those memories back when you were younger with your dad yeah yeah there was there was something that came through of my dad i was crying in my cot and my dad and he's confirmed this with me he tells it as a funny joke um he would turn the television up Mm. And just drown out my crying. And I, I, now that you mentioned that, I remember that I have this recurring dream where I'm in a, a bar or a restaurant or something with everyone that I know and no one can hear me. They mm. can see me, but my words don't have any weight to them. And, and it's the most terrible feeling. Mm. Um and every time this dream just ends in me like screaming at the top of my lungs, like very, very angry. And then someone turning to me and saying, why are you so angry? Mm. And it's it's like it's a subconscious metaphor for how I was showing up in relationships. Yeah. I would always just like blow up at someone because they didn't do what I wanted them to do. And they were like, why did you never ask me? Mm, sounds like something that still happens. <laughs> <laughs> why did you never ask me to do that for yeah. you? Um, why didn't you just say you don't want to go there? Yeah. Um, and my belief was that I didn't have a voice to express that. Yeah. So I think this is a good topic. Um, boundaries. Mm. How does that show up in your life? Mm. Um, what is a boundary? It is our capacity to express what is not okay with us mm-hmm. and what is okay, like what we do want and what we don't want. Yep. Boundaries are the most important aspect of any relationship. Like mm. if you can set a boundary, a verbal boundary with someone and say, actually, no, I don't like it. Or sometimes Paige and I will be sitting on the couch like last night, example of it. And I was getting a little bit hot and Paige kept touching me with her knee. <laughs> snuggle up a little closer and ended up just saying actually Paige like I don't want you to touch me right now I mean I think it was more like get off me (laughs) 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 um but just saying that and it's like okay okay Okay, I I get it I won't touch you you are hot and uh I'm cold so I'm gonna put a blanket on yeah and that's a very like trivial example and it can go into absolutely anything like please give me an hour to practice meditation in my room and then you know i'll come back out and and help you with the dishes Mm -hmm. or hey you know in the mornings i really just like a little bit of silence and space to myself so do you mind not talking to me before 10 (laughs) a.m whatever it is um and and you'll find that once you start to to express what's okay and what's not okay set boundaries with people people respect them yeah and people respect you a lot greater and they don't try to take advantage of you Mm -hmm. 
And it's funny, I think that there could be like a social experiment. And I there's lots on YouTube of like, we were watching one yesterday and this guy was um, going into fast food restaurants and standing in the line mm-hmm. in front of someone. Jumping the queue. Yeah, just jumping the queue. And he wasn't ordering anything. He just was jumping the queue to see what would happen. And most of the people would just kind of like look at him and then not say anything. Mm. And then he would get to the front and the person would be like, oh, what do you want? And he'd be like, oh, I don't want anything. And then he'd just walk off. Mm. And it's just interesting that like societally there's this kind of political correctness or like a, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to upset someone. Yeah. Um, the truth of it is you're not responsible for how your words are perceived, you know, there's or received, yeah. billions and billions of people on the planet. And each one of those billions of people have their own experience mm. of everything, mm. um, their own way of sensing, their own way of perceiving their own karma, their own wounds, their own ideas. Um, and so by speaking your truth you're not responsible for it to be received the way you want it to be received Mm. all your job is is to express what you need yeah and you know reactions um and responses are just a reflection of whatever is going on for the other person yeah when i learned that my life really changed yeah yeah for sure and like very similar to what we've been describing we haven't done this episode yet the karma episode oh yeah well have we no i don't think so it's next okay next week we'll do a karma episode and it's really these these um stories these experiences that we have that create the story Mm. and that reaction of emotion is that story replaying in our head you know probably 90 percent of the time no one walking around in the world is actually perceiving the truth of reality in front of them. Mm. They're just reliving stories of the past constantly. Yeah. And that's, in a way, that's how we have names and labels for everything. And that's how we go about the world. That's how we put one foot in front of the other. We just remember the last time we put one foot in front of the other mm. until we can't remember how to do that anymore. Yeah. And, it, you know, our whole the motion of our lives is created by this karma mm. or these stories but the emotional reactions we have the power to change mm. and this i don't have a voice this is a common story for a lot of people mm. and i think it really starts in in the schooling system mm. of like shut up sit up straight listen to what i'm saying remember it and then tell it back to me mm. at the end of term yeah um and there's nowhere for expression in in schools depends on what school you go to yeah for sure there's very little room for expression Mm. in in school um especially around who you are and what you want to do with your day Mm. (laughs) um and then society kind of dictates how we should be how we should dress pop culture what we should watch what we should be listening to and, Mm. and to express ourselves um gives way for this fear of rejection Mm. you know yeah so i think yeah this is a common story it's a common karma for a lot of people i don't have a voice whatever uh the story is behind it and the remedy for it 
the the real breaking out of that cage is to speak your truth mm -hmm. however you wish to express it and and to speak that truth without shame just open expression yeah and without attachment for what's going to come back yeah yeah for sure and i think once you do start to break through that those barriers everything begins to align everything begins to open up for you and and whatever you express it what have i been saying recently like mm. learning how to ask i know how to ask i know how to ask now mm. it's like everything is available to you when yeah. you know how to ask for it yeah um example we were running our yin training a couple of weekends ago and um I messaged my mom and I was like, hey, mom, do you reckon you could cook us some dinner and bring it to the studio? Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, no worries. Of course I can do that. And Paige kind of like had a laugh at me and I was, that was the words that I said. Mm. Everything is available to you when you know how to ask. And she bought us a vegan carbonara oh, and was an incredible nine muffins. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone got a muffin. <laughs> but, you know, previously I probably did, wouldn't have had the confidence to just text my mom and say, hey, cook <laughs> me dinner. <laughs> She's like, shut up, Aaron. <laughs> Cook your own dinner. And that's the fear. That's the fear talking, though, yeah. isn't it? It's like, oh, what if she says no? What mm. if she says, like, you know, you spoiled little brat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever, Possible, but <laughs> whatever it is. Um, but if I didn't have the the courage, the strength to just say, hey. <laughs> I'm feeling really tired, yeah. mom. Can you please cook us dinner? <laughs> yes, we, baby. <laughs> we I would have been eating Domino's or yeah. fucking chippies again. Yeah, fucking chippies. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. She just respects that. She's like, oh, you know, Aaron, like Aaron is asking for what he needs and I'm going to yeah. provide that. There's nothing more powerful, especially with the people that you love. Like, mm. You have to be able to ask for what you need. I asked Paigey for a foot massage. <laughs> once oh, and i got a foot massage mm. once we're gonna go for a pedicure one day apparently mm. um but yeah speak just just open yourself up and and have the courage to speak what's true for you and and what the truth of your reality is mm. you you never know what what that's going to open up for you that's my number one advice to absolutely anyone mm. um and yeah on that, I think we should wrap this up. Got anything cool. more to add? Um, no, I don't think so. Cool. Um, I think I'd just like to extend out a little apology for our lack of <laughs> podcasting for the past month. Life is busy. Life gets busy when you when you come out of isolation. But we're um, back. We are back. Stop that. Okay. Just leave it off. Okay. Let it go. <laughs> Let go of the microphone. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, this podcast was really a, a uh, an isolation project for us and mm -hmm. something that I'd been thinking about for a long time, but obviously my fear of speaking my truth yes. was preventing me from it. Mm. Um, and Paigey made me go down to the shop, spend the money on the microphones. She sat me down. I remember feeling so anxious about it. Um, and, and, you know, it's really has brought so much back for us, this podcast yeah. and, then going out of isolation, diving back into daily life, teaching classes in the studio, teacher trainings started back up. We've been a little bit busy and uh, we have made a commitment to record a podcast every week. Uh, we're going to schedule it in our calendar. Mm -hmm. We 
are going to take a few weeks off over Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be a three-week break. We might spend a day and record a few podcasts. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, but regardless of how many podcasts we get done this year, from January, we're going to aim at one a week. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you want to support us and support this podcast, like if you like it, if you love it, all we ask is that you share it. Um, just share it with someone that you think would like to also listen to it. And give us a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, if you're on Apple, give us a review. Can you do it on Spotify? I think you can just subscribe yeah, on Spotify. Yeah, if you're on Spotify, subscribe to it um, and anyone else do whatever else <laughs> you you can do. But the main thing is just like share and, and um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, if you didn't know already we do have an online yoga studio um on our website levelup.yoga uh, and we upload four new classes every month um and these reflect the four pillar system of yoga that we offer at level up so solar for energizing and awakening for lunar for grounding and calming yin for deep relaxation and breath and meditation for stilling the mind and there's so much up there now yeah we've even got like some workshops yeah stress and anxiety workshop yeah. dietary masterclass yeah. three-hour practice and we do my moon ceremonies um every twice a month as well they go up there um and it's only 29 dollars a month it's yeah. it's a real bargain and um supporting us on that platform if you can't make it in studio means that's the world the ultimate to us. support to us we are just so excited every time we get an email that someone that signs up yeah. it's like that little happy dance <laughs> And we've really designed it to be like a weekly practice so that if you don't have a studio near you or if you don't have the time to go to a studio or even if you come to our studio and, you know, you want to just practice a couple more times a week, um, there's a complete practice on there for any day of the week. There's some 20, 30-minute practices. There's some 60-minute, 75-minute, 90-minute, three-hour-plus <laughs> practices. Um, so there's kind of something on there for everyone mm. and we've set it up like a Netflix. So it's, it's quite easy to navigate and yeah, for and sure. yeah we're really stoked with it. Cool. And if you want to stay updated with what we're up to, you can find us on social media at levelup.yoga and our website, like I mentioned before, is also levelup.yoga. And finally, we're in a little studio in Berwick and, um, it's been really sweet getting back to the community. Mm, it's for sure. so, so, so incredible. Uh, we run classes, workshops, teacher training programs, maybe a beginner's course in the new year. Maybe. We'll contemplate that. Um, but everything that we do in person is run out of that space. It's in Berwick. Um, so, yeah, we'd love to connect to you no matter where you're at on the journey. And um, what do you got to add? I was just going to enhance the teacher training little uh, promo. Um, our January one is full, um, but... We have a Hatha, Tantra Katha teacher training in April, a 50-hour, um, a Bhakti 25-hour in April as well, and then a 50-hour Yin in May. And then we actually have, I opened up applications for our 200-hour in June. Yeah. So if you're interested in doing a training with us, we only accept 10 people um, just to keep it super intimate, super yeah. uh, small. Um, so send us a message and we can get you started on the application process or even just have a chat about yeah. what we're offering cool all right much love mm. thank you for listening om om <laughs>